Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, the podcast, episode 98. I'm Nick Cole. I'm Single White Medusa. And it is a nice Monday. Uh, a little schmazy, a little, little milky, a little cool, not cold, kind of an indeterminate Orange County day in Southern California, which is my least favorite kind of day probably on towards evening i'll like it more as it kind of gets dark and gloomy and colder and i whip up some of my world famous homemade macaroni and cheese my mouth just watered having you talk about that is so good seriously it is some good stuff the best i love these kind of days like i love any kind of overcast you only like it if it commits if it's like rain i like all of it I don't know why I love overcast. I'm a unusual person because most people find this kind of weather depressing. I love, like, I feel great on an overcast day. I feel, like, peppy and <laughs> refreshed and good more than, like, sunny days. So that's me. Yeah. I'm the weirdo. You are not weird. <laughs> we had a great weekend. Uh, Doc Spears, who writes the um, Dark Operator series and is working on a new... Uh, Wargate novel, which Wargate is the style of fiction that Forgotten Ruin is in, came out for the weekend, and we ate some fine meals at various French markets and restaurants, and we went to see Dune, and I gotta tell you about the Dune. Yeah, and let's maybe preface it with the fact that you did not go into it being all that excited about it, which probably a lot of sci-fi people would, and Doc Spears was very excited about it from the get-go but you were like "Mm." you never like had a big connection with dune like you kind of had some problems with it so you weren't maybe expecting it to be great and then dune is kind of a, a a cult um it's definitely part of the older golden age of science fiction crowd not really golden age but it's 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 definitely like the sci-fi crowd that like my uncle's liked dune when it was in novel form and i and i tried to i tried to read it and i found it to be a little over my sort of head at the time um it didn't have a lot of action i couldn't get into it those kinds of things and then the movie came along and the movie was kind of weird and off-putting and strange and long and weird and the director was weird you know like in 80s terms and so i wasn't i would watch the movie and i'm like this is kind of weird and not really my cup of tea Mm -hmm. you know especially if you're coming off of at that time you're coming off of star wars and you're coming off of uh rathacon which was a big movie around then you kind of liked a little more action you know dune was is is very much a space opera so i went in with super low expectations i was just gonna spend you know i was looking forward to that big bucket of popcorn that was gonna be the highlight of the movie but i have to say honestly and i say this with no hyperbole and i know I've watched people online say things and everything like that. I am going to make a bold statement and I am going to say that what I witnessed yesterday and I went to a premium theater where they have what's called an RPX experience. So it's really good light and sound is actually the the same theater that I saw star Wars in, in 1977, which they would have then at the time told you in 70 millimeter, which was, (laughs) you know, a big time. Um, this is the RPX experience. They've really upgraded this theater, paid a lot of money. The screen is really well lit. There were uncountable amounts of speakers to really create that dynamic experience. And I'm going to say a bold statement here, like I said, with no hyperbole. Get to it already, Nick. 
Dune is probably the greatest science fiction movie ever made. That wow. the 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 the, uh, the Villa Dennis Villanueva version of it. It was it was absolutely stunning, um, beyond beyond belief. Like it was like it it was pure science fiction. Like it con- conveyed all the things that I think are really the promise of science fiction, which is this sort of grand scope, these adapted interstellar societies, um, a strangeness, alienness, yet like really interesting, like interesting human touchstone moments. There's obviously the hero's journey, um, but the beauty of the movie and just the settings and you know it's very much almost like a lawrence of arabia obviously the desert settings and things like that um the soundtrack was a phenomenal beyond belief like it was perfectly um understated but mixed in with the, the same time i said like man i want to go to the spa you know and get massages where they play this music that was that was that good not in a relaxing way but just very very like mentally evocative but it was it was beautiful it was grand and like I said, not a big fan of the source material and not uh, not excited in any way, shape or form. But the only thing I can temper my like slavering review at, of, of, of it is movies have been so awful lately. There really hasn't been anything good in a long time. Everything is a continual letdown. And so maybe my expectations were just so low that like my defenses are like, whatever, entertain me. And this movie absolutely 100% did on every level. And as I understand it, uh, because I'm not, I'm kind of, I'm not friends with, but like uh, one of the artists who worked on it is Pascal, Le, uh, Pascal Blanche, who did the cover for Strange Company. So we've, we've had some interactions. He seems like a really nice guy. And he did a beautiful company uh, cover for Strange Company. And I think he was involved in the concept creation of some of the things from Dune, you can you can really see his art, and um, I just I just was I was stunned at that level of it, and um, it w- it was just crazy. It was it was crazy crazy good looking, beautiful. And as I understand, the movie um, really could go another forty five minutes with cut scenes that uh, Pascal was talking about this morning. Um, there are whole other scenes that they really wanted to get into, but they felt that they needed to keep the movie down around two hours and 43 minutes. You'll see a director's cut. Obviously this was part one. There's a lot more to be told. And, and I wonder if they were just saying like, Hey, is the world ready for another Lord of the Rings? And I feel like this will, that could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. Cause like whenever Hollywood, you know, Hollywood will always kill Tommy boy style, the thing it loves. And so, you know, will they now want to to kill it, you know, by, you know, getting involved in it and making. But honestly, if you can find a really great theater to see this in that has one of those premium premium experiences, IMAX, RPX or whatever they're calling it, uh, go go and see it. It it really is a return um, to science fiction. Like, I think in a lot of ways the promises that we were given in 2001 with the movie 2001, not in 2001 with original trilogy, star Wars with the first three star Trek movies don't really count the first one, but actually two, three and uh, four is pretty good. Four is a pretty great movie. 
Um, but the way that science fiction was going, we, we like in the '80s, you would have been excited, and 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 you have to remember there was science fiction wasn't sexy then. You know, like you, you have to remember that Star Trek only runs for three years, and only because Lucille Ball of all people greenlights that project. And so, if you were kind of a of a of a nerd, a science fiction nerd back in the day, you were like a Latin monk, you know, faithfully keeping the scriptures alive in the dark ages. And then there became way too much science fiction. Science fiction got very commercially sec- uh, successful, and then the locus of the sort of globalist leftist elite came along, and they're like, you know, these are really great mediums to really download our weird ideas onto. So you started to see science fiction really corrupted about climate change, gender identity. Now it's in its mighty girl's throat. I think the Eternals, like what I've seen of the Eternals is the sort of epitome of science fiction, social justice narrative. Like you will see very little fun in that movie. You will find a lot of lectures, I guess. I don't know. There are some rare bright spots, but like, you know, Predator is a science fiction movie. And there, you, you used to see science fiction because it was mentally evocative and it was fun. And that's what I try to write. Yeah, I, I know. I have a bit of a, what, a slant, an argument, an agenda. A worldview. A yeah, worldview. But through. I really do always, no matter what, you know, like everything, like I will cut stuff that I have said. Jason will cut stuff. The, the editor will cut stuff. And they'll come back to me and say, hey, this pulls focus from the story and people are having fun. You've written a fun story here. Don't, don't do that. And, and. That is the collar that always works with me. Because if I'm going to get in the way of fun with the things that I think and believe, I'll, I'll, I'll either find a more clever, better way to do it, or I'll say, well, I probably made that point ad nauseum. Let's just have fun here. Because I value the time that people spend with my books, and I know that they have serious stuff in their day every day, and that they come to literature, reading, or just pulp adventure fun because they they just want to get a break from all that stuff and i would honestly say that about the dune movie it was it was incredible but there are people who are trying to make arguments about about it being woke or whatever i i don't think those i i think that i think both sides are so polarized now that, that you could do it over anything but honestly um you can enjoy that movie with your entire family and it is it is a lot of fun and it is a jaw-dropping gobsmacking stare at 10,000 years in the future of humanity being in in space and and verging into alienness but still having humanity that Timothy Chalamet who plays Leo Leo um outstanding job and you know I you know like you kind of want to smack that kid in things that you see him because he's just you know he's got it all together and he just looks like a kid that needs a good smack but uh, the sensitivity and sort of pathos that he approaches that character with it makes it really relatable. And you, you dig his action. Um, I would say the Orinthocopter, which is their sort of like helicopter, that was like perfectly realized in kind of a hard SF kind of way. It could have gone really wonky, but suffice it to say, uh, you get a movie review here on Control Alt Rule every so often. Yeah. Because we see a lot of movies. We try to see it like a movie every weekend because that's our jam, right? Yeah, because uh, for a while, like once I retired from the opera and we had more free time, because otherwise we were always at the opera <laughs> on the weekends usually. But um, w- for like the first year that I left the opera, we were seeing a lot of 
live theater and then COVID happened and then so then there was like no theater for a while and then when it reopened we were like yay it's back and we got to see a couple things this summer just like little kind of little things and then we we're like all oh, right in the fall it's gonna be great like the big plays are gonna be back on and the musicals and everything and then Orange County was like hey guess what even though Orange County is fairly cool about that kind of stuff they were like hey guess what vaccinated or not vaccinated which we're not but either way like we're gonna require masks for everyone anyway and we were like we had already decided like we're not doing masks anymore like we you know we're gonna like stand up more for that so we were like guess we can't see uh live theater anymore which is a real bummer because that's fun so then we're like I guess it's movies every weekend but we've actually been really enjoying it and I don't know like we've seen quite a few good ones because we tend to go to the theaters that show not the not the big mainstream blockbusters usually as much as like smaller films and art films and stuff so sometimes good ones get through there and uh, but no this one was one of my favorites too it was so good and like you said I don't think you said just now but you said yesterday like some of it was like operatic and so of course that made sense to me but no you you just meant like it was so epic and like grand I think like you meant in some of the like the grandiosity of some of the scenes with the the costumes and the kind of like when they would be um not doing parades but like entering a scene as like a as like a people you know <laughs> on the new planet with all their like ceremonial robes and stuff that was really operatic and some of the like you were talking about the soundtrack like there was one point just to be a music nerd like that was like this is so Wagner which Wagner is known to be like the most grand epic kind of operatic music so I yeah, think I think you really mean cool. Wagner right <laughs> yeah Wagner <laughs> yeah, Wagner was really good for the Americans it's good Wagner stuff um no but it was just like hey enough said but you know it's it's worth whatever money they're asking for I don't think it'll be the same on the home theater experience it's it's definitely worth um wow it was it was really it was really stunning oh and all the acting all, all the, the acting all the acting was solid. Spot yeah. on. Like, it was and so good. Like I remember the eighty four version, the villains were kind of ridiculous in a certain way, Sting and this fat guy. And there's a fat guy in this one, but it's more in line with um Vincent D'Onofrio's um Kingpin. Even creepier. Even but cre- I love Vincent yeah, way Dino- creepier. D'Onofrio's but like uh, you almost could have said, Oh, I bet they tried to get Vincent D'Onofrio for this, but um like like it was pretty it was pretty dark. It was some dark dark stuff. That character actually reminded me of me. um well, when I it eat reminded pizza. me of one of your weirdo characters because <laughs> it like his face and his creepiness reminded me of the character in um Gods and Legionnaires, I think it oh, is, yeah. with where doesn't he have like has maybe head eight people's heads sprouting yeah. off of him yeah. that are like screaming in horror that they're that they're there. Yeah. But like I feel like the way you described the main guy's head yeah, was, was like, like looked like this guy like bald and like not that bald is bad but I'm just saying like and like really creepy like creepy yeah. face and yeah. stuff it reminded me of that is actually what yeah, I thought of that was good <laughs> it was uh it was it was quite an experience and you know like I said it, it's 10,000 years in the future where um humanity in in different tribes have has embraced an alienness I don't think you're gonna have to wait ten thousand years to get that alienness. Oh no! I, I, I think they're working hard on that. <laughs> I think that the alienness is here now, 
Yeah. yeah. What are, What are we going to talk about today? We have so after the movie much. review. Yeah. Well, we let's, so much. let's give them um, the both barrels for a Monday. I mean, I know that Belly Dweller, our our buddy, our listener on the podcast, who's also our friend. Um, I know secret, he sent you the secret article. Hollywood insider. Yeah. He sent you a really good article. Um, that was basically this um by this conservative guy who I've just barely heard about recently, but I'm sure he's been well-known for a while, named Wayne Allen Root. So that's who wrote this article for Town Hall. It's an opinion piece um, entitled, What I Just Told the New York Times About the Complete Failure and Disaster of the COVID-19 Vaccine. So that was really good. Um, you sent it to me, and I read it. And he bas- it's, so, it's sort of basically like he just breaks down the whole... Uh, lie of the mainstream media narrative about it um, really well. Like, he just breaks it down super succinctly. Yeah, here, have a drink um, of this Starbucks red eye that we're enjoying this milky afternoon in our secret hidings place where we sometimes go to uh, record podcasts. And it's actually our bug out location, just in case we uh, shouldn't be saying that over the thing. But uh-huh. hey, I just said it. So, just in case <laughs> things go sideways. Um, no, I think that the vaccine has, and and I I was you know paying attention to what you were saying about the article and some other things that we're we're talking about, and always my question in all of these things is um, feature or bug. So when they look at the vaccine rollout, I think that they're rational, sane people who have their best interest in America. I would call them adults, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think we're dealing with children. I think we're dealing with monsters. And that's part of the feature bug discussion that's always ongoing inside my skull, mind, brain. I have a brain. I have a head. <laughs> I have a mind. They try in uh, sort of like this sort of postmodernness, like you're all animals. They try to say that you don't have a mind. You just have a brain. Mm-hmm, that's but okay. I have a mind. And my mind keeps saying feature bug. My mind keeps saying, like, is this on purpose or, you know, is it by design or is it an accident? And so... You could look at a lot of the vaccine rollout and you could say, oh, they're really blowing it. You know, like the the the, the, the giving people an, uh, a choice between masks and vaccines um, and the putting it all on a paper card. That's so amateur. They really didn't know what they're doing here. And it's like, yeah, that could be the case unless they're trying to make the case that um, that you that you're not that the, like which I think they're approaching now. Um, which is the masks don't work. Uh, and so you, you're going to have to be vaccinated. It was the slow boil to get you to vaccination, allowing a large portion of the culture to opt for vaccination and a smaller portion to say, well, I don't trust the vaccination yet. I'll, I'll stick to the mask. And then what you'll probably see the next move, I'm guessing some other people have posited it too, is that they will now confess to everyone the mass didn't work all along. So you're going to have to be vaccinated to participate in society, guys. And then the paper card was always funny because they had four you know, spaces on there for vaccinations when you're originally only going to have to take one, but within a year... Or one to two. Yeah, but yeah. within a year, there we're up to four now. And what that tells me is we're now pretty close to the... Um, the uh the vaccine passport as and there are already people you know there are already like companies and things 
there's we've read about a few and countries uh, yeah and countries I mean, and countries like LA they're already you know like further. they're fast passing the vaccines now oh oh you read about the one for making your dinner reservations yeah but you didn't read about that, that. Was, they sent you a link yeah I think it was through Resi which Resi is like open table Resi you know to make online um, reservations um, <laughs> let me see if I can find it because I actually um like unsubscribed from their emails as soon as they did that but yeah i mean it was basically saying like hey in la uh we're it they're now rolling out uh vaccine so if you if you if you don't want to go through the hassle just make sure to like um you you could oh you could download your qr code with resi and and so they're saying always in the slow boil let's do that for your convenience but give it about a month and it'll be all you cannot make this reservation until you show this so i do think the cards and especially the four spaces to have them were always intended by design to be short-lived short-lived as you're supposed to say in radio um short-lived short-lived and then we would be moving to isn't it like and and of course they knew people not anyone that I know who were going to forge their vaccine passports and they wanted that, that they, that was, that was baked in. Mm -hmm. They wanted that corruption. You'll see some probably pretty major scandals come up. Some uh, big counterfeiting rings are going to go down from the FBI. Even if there isn't a counterfeiting ring or even if the counterfitting ring was set up by the FBI. Yeah, see, that's what I think yeah. was going on. I think um, they were doing those are all, sting operations. Yeah, those are all going to get busted. And it's just, I'm sorry. And you're going to see Biden come out with his little folks speech. I love it when they say folks. Yeah. Folks, it's time to get serious about vaccination tracking and passports. And so that's probably what we're moving to by the end of the year. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, it's really bad. But uh, we won't be going to that crime scene number two, for sure. No way. Um, there was also, really quickly, because I don't know why, this article like blew my mind personally. This Fried your bacon? I think. I oh think no! It was this was the really one. This was the shocking. one from yesterday morning, and you're reading yeah. it to me, and you could not stop thinking about it all day. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'll like read the the general just sure. uh, of I it, but then good. I'll pull it up too, so I can refer to it a little more. But one aspect of it, because there were a couple really interesting aspects of and it. And this attracts your mind because you're kind of a statistics, you know, percentages kind of person. That's kind of how you think. It is how I think, for sure. But I'm rusty enough that when I was just looking at the charts, I was like, huh? <laughs> but then they would break it down below and kind of describe it in words. And then I would be like, oh, okay, wow, yeah. And that really makes sense. And then I was like, this is crazy. Um, so, I mean, one of the main gists of it that was really interesting was that in this is in the U.S. They're using U.S. data from VAERS, um, it's from the reporting system. Um, so in the U.S., they found that 5% of the vaccine batches, which I think is a thousand vials or so, and each vial is six doses. So basically that's each batch is 6,000 doses. So 5% of the vaccine batches were way more deadly than the other 95%. And and when they say way more deadly, they literally said all of the deaths, all of the deaths were within this 5% of the vaccine batches. The other 95% of the batches had zero deaths. They had like some side effects and stuff still, but 
um, yeah, these 5% of the batches were way worse. And the other thing was that um, whereas all the other batches were more localized and like each one maybe went to like a few states or whatever each, um, these bad ones were really way more spread out throughout the United States than the other ones, like by far without um, any any like without any of the other ones um, being different I can't think of the right word but um, so there were just a lot of anomalies but that's really like that's weird so it's in layman either... layman's terms and like the big picture let's look at that for a second what is really being said here I think at the least the least nefarious is that some of them had really really shoddy uh, quality control and they got massively okay, tainted. Then let me interrupt That's there. So like the let's, yeah, but answer. let's say, but let's say, okay, the innocent answer is there was one batch or one series of batches coming from a specific place and it had the highest rate of incidents according to VAERS. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then that batch was conveniently distributed everywhere really widely, yeah. whereas some batches all the benign ones as they called them were much more uh, localized or you know yeah. they they were not in a whole lot of states each. they were shipped together so yeah. so now we move to the nefarious what is what is the nefarious option the nefarious is that i mean for one they want to really spread out the deaths so they're not so obvious obviously like oh well you know it's just happening equally all over the country because you know it's just like the the side effects and the percentages and whatever and to see if people would still take it like hey there are videos that you can see we're censoring them but you can still see them these things are happening but then we're still pushing to see if you get it it was almost like it's either a b testing or it's sort of just testing slow release to see what kind of effects you get you know, or it's sort of like um, it's beginning to it's sort of like a valve control, like just beginning to open it up and, and wide distribution. So it's that distribution thing that bothers me because that that seems odd, you know. Yeah, well, because obviously, like if OK, so five percent are super deadly. So if that was only happening in five percent of the cities or areas in the United States like oh there's no deaths in all the other places but all the deaths are in these five percent of you know cities and areas and places that would be too obvious like oh my gosh clearly there's something wrong with these batches and we got to go in and like pull them and fix it so like spreading it out way more makes it seem more like oh you know that's just the random amount of adverse events that are gonna happen and then and then there's another thing that bothers me okay so Clearly in the United States, they can make some batches that don't make people sick. And they can make some batches that widely distributed, make small percentages all across the United States begin to get sick. Okay, so you have that moving there. But then we go to other countries, and other countries are experiencing vaccine injury on a large scale to the point that several Scandinavian countries have said, hey, we're stopping this. Japan has said we're moving to ivermectin. India has said we're moving to ivermectin. Um, they're still in a, in, a, in a lot of other countries, and there 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 are the American um, vaccines, and then there are the Chinese. There is the Chinese vaccine. I think there's a Chinese and Russian vaccine. 
Um, so there's still death. So it's not just a bad batch. It's 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 a bad batch that got widely distributed for some reason that doesn't seem in keeping with the rest of the distribution. But then there is still death across all the American developed vaccines. And as someone pointed out, they pointed this out. Um, it's actually the guy who's really hot on Tiffany Dover. He pointed out a really interesting thing, which uh, was it was it Johnson and Johnson or was it Pfizer? Um, the fact that is it which will tell me a little the bit. vaccine where he goes, he goes, it's amazing that the government awarded this contract to, oh. I think, Pfizer. Keep going, who had remember. never ever developed this kind of vaccine oh, before? Moderna. Oh, it was Moderna, a Moderna. Was yeah, a, this is yeah. like their first four. Yeah, this was oh, their first four way. And the government gave them this huge contract, and he he walks through all these things. Maybe we can stick that video in the comment because that's and it's again it's you know he's a, he's the Tiffany Dover whisperer, um, but he really goes through. He's like, it's really amazing when you consider that this person with no experience was given the keys to the kingdom to do this thing that they had never been done before and then told that there would be no repercussions and then told that not only would they be paid for making it but then they would profit from making it you know and so that that's a good video to watch but it, it is very interesting um again are any of these things smoking guns no but using our colombo detective you know, case solving and looking at the bigger picture, as we look at everything, is there anything dissuading anybody from the conclusion that there it, it, we're in a feature system and not a bug system? That it's a, it's a design plan and it's not sort of like, well, we're just making it up. You know, like, and yet you would see some of the videos that we've seen and you would see some of the injuries and you just read to me. Well, I mean, let's, you know, let's look at this weekend. Um, the Saki bomb bombed again and got COVID, even though she's vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Now they're telling everybody to do it. Bon Jovi, too. I don't know. Bon if Jovi. Bon yeah. Jovi. You know, all vaccinated. the people who are telling you to get vaccinated. There was another person, too. There's some people in my feed There's who a- are vaccinated and are pretty sick with COVID. Yeah, I showed you like that famous... Uh, uh, Barcelona football player, which I think is soccer, right, for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just had a, uh, during a match, had uh, suffered heart problems and had to be with He seems to, to be holding his chest. After Yes, he is in these pictures. After promoting the vaccine to 12-year-olds, then he suffered heart problems during a match. But then there's someone I know in my life who just tested positive with COVID a few weeks ago or about a month and a half ago. And... Um, didn't really have any problem with it, but I know that they are anti-vax. I'm trying to think who that is. You okay. don't need to think okay. who it is because I don't need to say their name on the okay. thing. <laughs> but but you know, um, some of the just noting some of the people who aren't vaccinated aren't having a big problem with it. Yeah. Some of the people who are vaccinated are seeming to have some really serious problems with it, which goes to this ADE theory. It's a theory. You can't say it's true right now. But a lot of the heavy hitters on the opposite side of the discussion who are having their careers destroyed because they want to say, hold on a second, including one of the inventors of mRNA technology, um, 
they posit that we are headed towards an ADE superstorm, which is the complete destruction of the human immune system via these shots and booster shots. And then, you know, the need to be on Amazon's new monthly booster shot program, you know, the dog drone comes to your house and vaccinates you. And then you can travel and you can go see Cindy Lauper and, you know, whatever, whatever your jam is, if that's your deal, you just don't have an immune system anymore. Now, there was an interesting thing you mentioned as we were in line at the Starbucks getting a red eye and you were talking about baby vax. Ba oh, right. Yes. <laughs> Let me find that one. We want to we want to we want to vax your baby. Yeah, um, this coffee's yes. kicking in, and kids. This is another really reputable um, article um, posted by the on the Telegram channel, but it's very specifically the Robin Minotti and Michael Yeadon, their channel where just they post, not the group one that they have where anyone can post, but just they post, and they're super reputable. But basically, and um, it's showing it, you know, legitimately that. Pfizer has changed the formulation of its COVID-19 vaccine for children to include an ingredient that stabilizes people who are suffering a heart attack. You know, because kids just normally like are like suffer heart attacks a lot. Yeah, so of exactly. Course it would make sense that they my baby just suffered a heart attack. You know how they do. How they do. Yeah. Um, someone, uh, I won't say their name because they haven't given me permission to, uh, sent me a thing today about this, um, you know, one of the, one of the, uh, you know, I believe in effing science crowd. I'm a doctor with many degrees, or I'm a teacher with many science degrees, and I can't wait to have my kids, three kids vaccinated. Then you, you go to now, and, and they've got some serious troubles with myocarditis. You read an interesting comment today on the subject of myocarditis. I know. I have to find it. There's like so much stuff. I'll fill. Okay, I'll fill. Because I think I took a screenshot of it. So yeah. I keep track of that's, it. That's some good stuff. But you know, um, I'm going to jump to, I think, uh, just talking about November, because it's November 1st. Okay, I found it. And I'm going to jump back to the Medusa. <laughs> so this is a person's comment. And so I cannot confirm it. I couldn't personally find the studies. But if you're of a mind and you want to look for the studies, I'd be really interested. Um, but this person was saying, so take it with a grain of salt, um, about a 2019 study showing that 20% of myocarditis cases, the people were dead in 12 months, and 55% of myocarditis cases were dead in 10 years. So I just thought, whoa, well, that's crazy because I feel like there's not a whole lot being made out of even all the myocarditis, even though we're hearing a lot about it. But it's more like I had the impression that it was dangerous if you didn't catch it because the person might have a heart attack and die. But if they, you know, had their symptoms and they went to the hospital and they got that under the heart attack under control, that they'd probably maybe be okay. No. So this was yeah, interesting. I think, I mean, there's one person I know of and I won't say their name, but they've kind of talked about it a little. And it seems to, it seems to linger. There is damage to the heart. Yeah, it's I am a big, tissue. I'm a big believer in things can be brought back to life. Mm -hmm. Um, at, through through a lot of reasons through I think through prayer and I think you can do your part by living right doing right and you can you can't there are many books written on reversing heart disease and you can start doing it right now yeah um, you can rebuild I, I was a smoker for a long time you can rebuild the lungs they will 
the body the body desires to survive at all costs if you do the right things and give it good healthy food food is a huge huge impact stop eating junk food start eating live food don't as uh, doc spears and i were talking this weekend and doc spears is a really great health guru um you can he should write a book on healthy living um he could he could make more money on that than than we all make on science fiction He's got some really valuable wisdom and insight, and I love sitting at his knee and listening to those things. He's, he's just a very smart man in that respect, in many respects. But um, <clears throat> don't eat anything with a marketing plan. That's what he said this weekend to me. I thought that was brilliant. Um, but it's it's it's. I think that they're when you watch the mainstream media and they talk about these, they're having to admit to these incidents. Because kids with TikTok videos and sports scholarships are making videos about how their lives are ruined because of this. Um, so they're having to admit to it. And there definitely is a marketing campaign to downplay it. And, oh, you know, and then you you go over, and I think it was Pfizer. Pfizer is now got through the roof sales. I think it's called Vaxoprim or something like that. Their heart disease drug mm-hmm. is now selling through the roof at the same time that their vaccine is. So... With the baby vax, we know that they've added something to help people through heart attacks for a vaccine for children. So they know, we know. And of course, they're doing that thing where they'll never tell you the truth, which is what we're all so desperate for. Just the truth. I don't have a dog in this fight. I didn't get the vaccine. I have a really healthy immune system. I feel that exercise is a huge key component to being um, free of COVID. I'm pretty sure I've had COVID and the variant, um, and neither were deal killers. Uh, but I exercise a lot, and I get a lot of vitamin D. And we know good early treatment options in case yeah. we do feel like we're sick, possibly with it again. You know, we know kind of some very safe things to take, like ivermectin and zinc. You know, and that whole protocol. Right. But I don't have a dog in this fight about the vaccine because I think everybody's got to do their risk assessment and some people are more vulnerable and whatever. But I, I have an interest in the main of humanity and I don't I don't think that this is good. And and I and like I've said, and I and I still will say it, I would like to be wrong about the vaccine. I would like to say that someone went in and dug into that um, bad batch and found out that there was a psychopath in there or a dirty machine or something and that that's what caused it all. And you know what, everybody, because of this, we're going to do the jack-in-the-box E. coli scare thing, and we're going to go top to bottom and clean everything out, and we're going to get real transparent. You go back and look at the jack-in-the-box E. coli scare. I think it was 91, something like that. That company did a lot of transparency to rebuild. I think they killed maybe 11 people with it, but, you know, like... Jack in the Box is still a restaurant today. And I actually happen to like their tacos, which are mostly vegetarian, you know? But that was all I could afford <laughs> Wait, when I worked mostly? at the book. Yeah. Or not, not completely? And in 2000, they were mostly, you could get two fried tacos for 98 cents. Yeah. And that's all the money I had for to eat on that day. Yeah. Because I worked in a bookstore and I was poor. Yeah. Um, but I like those tacos. The hard shell, you know, fried hard shell tacos are the way to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Y- with truth and honesty, this vaccine, if it is a good thing, could really help everybody. But when you see these things and you see these marketing campaigns and you see 
the side that keeps getting COVID, but telling everybody that they're, um, you know, anti, making up the names, the dirty dozen, the anti-vaxxers, you MAGA morons and things like that, who keeps politicizing it because they think it's some sort of tribal football game. It's not. If this is really about humanity, we're all invested in it. And, and there should be some things, in my opinion, that are sacred. I'd like to make religion sacred. I'd like to make it not a political football. I'd like, I'd like us all, I think we all want to find out what the truth of the universe is, whether you like it or not, whatever side it is. That's, that's the kind of Christian I am. I, I'm perfectly willing not to believe in Jesus. You've just got to show me some evidence. You know, uh, I want the truth no matter what. I want, the, and I'm not perfectly willing. I love Jesus, but I don't like lies. I want the truth. And, and I think, you know, if you, if we can't get on with religion and maybe we shouldn't because religion's really not supposed to be a part of, of government. It, it was, our, our constitution was written thinking we would all be Judeo Christian Western civilization, but you know, we have to accept the terms of the deal and things like that. But I think a pandemic where everybody's health is on the line should be sacred and, and it should be non-politicized and we should all be real like if this if this pandemic if this covid were as serious as it is which it's not just listen to bill maher this weekend it's over it's not that serious you're gonna have to learn to live with it get on with your life and stop letting the people who will always constantly move to the next fear crime scene not because there's anything to be afraid of but because that's how they get power just constant crisis constant fear give us more, surrender more, let us have more power, be afraid. And now I'm walking around and you can see people who are crippled by fear. You know, a fat kid carrying a 24 pack of baby Cokes and Taco Bell wearing a mask. And I want to say to him as he crosses the street, dude, that mask and the things you're trying to prevent ain't your problem. That tire around your chest and around your waist and those sodas and that food, that is more deadly to you than the thing you're wearing the mask that is not giving you enough oxygen, all these kinds of things. Like I said, a little bit of a mini rant there, but I'm interested in the truth of whatever the virus and the vaccine are. And I really actually would really like it because so many people have been vaccinated now. I really would like to be wrong. I really would like to know that it is actually made in good faith that it was there to help people and that those of you who have gotten it have done good risk assessment and let's all just do the right thing and let's get it cleaned up and let's ma let's refine and repeat. It's very hard to get things right the first time, but let's, let's do this to help everybody. But the more I look into it, the more I see it's not those things. And then you get into the creepy side of life, you know, where you've, you've got, you've got Bill Gates you know, who has become the de facto leader of the G8, who is hanging out with all the people this weekend and their little, you know, I think he's probably there, but I know he was with Bezos last week in Turkey. And they're all claiming to fight climate change today as over 400 aircraft swarm the skies over their secret meeting and limocades like no tomorrow. And they're up to something and it's November 1st. And I have a feeling, you know, with the mandates coming down and saying, you will get this mandate. There will be no exceptions. <laughs> you know, in spite of the vaccine injury and all these things, uh, feels like November is going to be crazy. Feels like November is going to be the, the sort of 
no you move moment for no you move moment for them but i see the let's go brandon crowd of which i support oh yeah you know and all of us we're done we're not taking it anymore we're spoiling for a fight maybe they know that but maybe they're not getting their way and maybe the meeting that they're all at right now is it's time to go harder it's time to go bigger it's time to go longer we will obey because that is their only path to survival because if you start to get into the repercussions of what if the two crazy people on control alt revolt are right and it's a conspiracy whose intent was to hurt people and cause mass death and create fear to gain more power or to in their own words to reduce the global population to 500 million what do you think all these let's go brandon people with all kinds of firepower and weaponry are going to do when that comes out in the wash when it becomes clear when you have this site like even in, in new york today they're they're saying oh no you know the firemen are walking away the cops are walking away the airplane people someone says let's go brandon on an airplane and they want the fbi to hunt that guy down oh, yeah. and That's... if you could ask cnn they want him shot in the face like we've reached that moment and no one's blinking in November and sort of the bill is coming due for both sides. Their side is saying you will do it. And our side is saying, you know, we won't the fist of defiance. We will not do it. November feels insane. And to top it all off, you have the president dumping in his pants at the Pope's house and them covering it up. Like if Trump had done one iota of the cluelessness of Biden, who today fell asleep during the G20 moment in front of everybody while posting like, it's good to be back in diplomacy and and just all of the lies and everything. Like, I would say to the other side, you're tone deaf. You're missing the moment. The people aren't with you. You're going to you're going to blow it here. But then the part that scares me is. That's the feature and not the bug. That's the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow.